You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX, and here with me today, the one, the only, the man that is still trying to get his challenges done so he can get his black back bling, uh, made himself Monster Deface. What's going on, buddy? Hey, listen, if, if there's anything that stresses me out, it's Fortnite challenges. I can't be the only one that gets overwhelmed by these things. The, the Lord, you, Deadpool you is pretty- like, it's more stressful than, than, than casting the World Cup. That was actually lines you said on your stream today. Yo, you, you, can, you can take it from me myself. It is way more stressful to do challenges in Fortnite than it is to cast on the biggest stages for me. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're probably the only person in the world that probably feels that way. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the other casters do that feel that way since it's such a big job casting and then also, you know, trying to get your challenges done. But yeah, I mean, you said, I swear I've done a lot of these challenges, but they just aren't showing up. Um, and I think it was because the reality is you probably did do the monster. It's just, you did them before the challenges came out, right? You were ahead fast. of the game. Way too fast, man. I got to slow my room. Well guys, as always, make sure you're following us on Twitter at the Fortnite podcast. And, uh, yeah, we have some crazy things right before we took this crazy break. Uh, and we got into all this COVID-19 stuff. I was in, uh, Atlanta like two weeks before and I ran into all these phase people, Phase Rain, Phase Thieves. I think I tweeted out that they're coming on the show soon. Um, these guys were excited to come on the show. I mean, Phase Rain gave me a cell phone number. He's like, bro, don't let it pass. I want to come on the show. Make sure you, you, you text me. So we have a lineup of people that are wanting to come. And I know that you're excited as well, Monster, because you have some people as well that you've been talking to. Uh, yep. I don't want to come on the show. So we just got to, I just got to get back in this groove, man. Uh, and hopefully now that life is, 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 is settling down, hopefully a little bit uh, for this year, uh, we can get back to it. Um, but yeah, COVID-19, man, I got to ask you first, like people that don't know, maybe they haven't been able to catch your streams and see what's going on in the world of monster. Like what's been happening, bro? What's what, what how has COVID-19 affected you? I mean, as far as like the workflow, luckily, again, I can sit at home, focus on the streaming and do all that good stuff. Right as things were kind of popping off, I think I was just getting back from PAX East while the kind of the rumors of the virus was spreading and stuff like that. And, right. you know, not to get into the politics or anything like that, but America was taken very lightly, right, for, the, for, for what it's worth. Uh, now, obviously, things have escalated, you know, 10x. Um, I'm from New York City. My family's from New York City. A lot of my family are being affected by it. Um, I have a couple cousins that actually uh, tested positive for the virus and stuff like that. So we're keeping our heads up. We're trying to make sure everyone is doing their due diligence, staying away, quarantining themselves. Um, back home here in Texas, we're also just doing just that. We've been inside for you know as many days as we physically can be. And we definitely plan on continuing to just stay at home and just doing what we do. But on the workflow things, I mean, the streams are live every day. The YouTube videos have really been ramping up. Um, sorry for the podcast not being here, guys. We are, again, just one, one of those things where the, the virus kind of affected us all and it really put a halt on our, our kind of content plan. But we're trying to get back into the groove. Things are kind of settling now and I, I think we're finding our flow. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I mentioned in your stream a little bit before the show, like uh, work has been crazy, right? I had to basically bring everything home for a while. Uh, for people that don't know, like my full-time job is I work in the auto industry. So... I work on the banking side of it, and all of a sudden, people aren't buying cars 
right now whenever yeah. they're trying to survive, right? Like that's just not not something that happens. And so you can imagine, uh, luckily for me, man, I've, I was I was I had just changed jobs right before all this happened. Uh, into a new position uh, aiming towards products that make it easier for customers to buy from home. So although that was my target, uh, here we are, and I am—I uh, had to make a big change and move move home and change stuff here and 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 really uh, uh, refocus on my normal job, which is a effect obviously my personal life as well and everything else. And my wife is a teacher, so she's at home with three little boys, right? And she's trying to work and get work to kids, and it's been nuts. It's been absolutely crazy. Uh, but the good thing is, like. I will say I've enjoyed this time spending it with my family, right? Although it's been stressful and there's been different challenges and different things happening, uh, it's been fun. But the biggest impact to me is probably what you've felt. And uh, that really is like no more travel. Like we were traveling everywhere and all of a sudden we put on halt. Dude, the crazy the crazy thing too, Lot, I was the week of, like I put in a offer on a new home that we were like literally about to buy. And then like Trump announces no one can fly. And I'm like, Oh, this is bad for business. I yeah. gotta, you know, I gotta step out. So like, it, yeah, there's, there's like a number, right. Of, of people that out there are being affected myself included. Like I was so close to buying a home, but dude, I'm like, I can't gamble my life savings. Right. Yeah. Like what's going to happen to the market. What's going to happen like with work in general. So yeah, dude, this is some scary times, man. It's kind of crazy. No, I think you're probably good to hold off. Uh, my advice on buying a home would be wait a couple weeks until it's like, yeah. or maybe a couple months till it settles. And what's going to happen is rates are going to come down. They're going to want people to buy again, right? Like it's the any transition out of a recession type of area. And believe it or not, like however you want to think about it, in reality, it is some type of recession, whether it's bigger or smaller or whatever, whatever your take on it is, is reality. It is going to affect the economy. We see it like, look at gas prices. What are gas prices where you are right now? Like $1.30, $1.20? Yeah. It's all over the place, man. It's crazy. So the, right? the market like, is definitely affected. Yeah, it's definitely affected. And it's affected our lives, I think, as uh, as content creators, as, you know, as casters, as whatever, right? Because I was like, oh, dude, Call of Duty is completely home right now, right? Like, they're doing these tournaments live at home for the respect. rest of the year. So, respect to the esports industry doing it up. I think I but, saw a Rocket League tournament, too. Bro, you got to admit the one awesome thing about all that is that the fact that like esports is in a position where it can shine in these moments and we have people like ESPN looking at esports in this NASCAR online racing, you know, and like all this these other things uh that they're looking to esports for to step into those competitive entertainment sections and kind of fulfill right now and instead of esports having to beg can it be on TV, it's being asked can we put you on TV, right? And so Although it's a weird time for people like me and you that travel around the industry for this, I think what's also interesting is like how well this does position esports for a future, right? I mean, reality is instead of maybe you needing to travel so much, we need to figure out in this technology world of casting, like how do you do that better from where you sit, right? Oh, the best part about that is like I was already working on the practice server and the productions. So like... I have actually ramped up on the business and on the outside of things. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, honestly, it is a blessing and a curse where we lose. We also gain in certain situations. So definitely doing a lot more remote productions. Um, I love the fact that the esports industry has really taken a bullish approach to this whole situation and said, you know what? We don't have to cancel everything. Let's just push it back. And then they're launching their events from home. Uh, right now we're looking at Valorant being showcased from home from Twitch Rivals. So Twitch Rivals is one of the few kind of 
uh, you know, staple names on the scene that have really stepped up and taken, taken the entire scene by storm, just yeah. putting on shows from home. Yeah. I, I mean, shout out golden boy, right? Like I saw that dude the oh, you saw that tweet? before this happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, I did an interview with him, which was incredible. Like the dude is amazing. Like, I don't, you guys know monster loves him. I love him. He's an amazing, probably one of the best people I've ever met in any working industry I've ever been in. And I've been in a lot of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's doing that today, which dude, shout out to them for like, I think that's, what's so cool, right? Is like with gaming, you can be at home and have these exciting moments like today where there's almost a million people on Twitch. No, no, no. Not just a million people on Twitch. A million people are watching Valorant on Twitch, right? Alone. Right. So yeah, the game, the game category was hit, hit the scene by storm and riot took a very interesting approach and the way they wanted to promote it by like giving them a little taste, like, hey, here's here's a piece of the crumb. Come back tomorrow for more of the cookie. Well, you know what I mean? If you remember, just, Apex did this a little bit, right? Apex did it a little bit at the beginning. Remember, they brought everybody out, and then they had them tweet the weekend before, like, oh, on Tuesday or Monday, this is going to be amazing. Watch this. We got to play it all weekend, right? And you have, like, pictures of Shroud and Dr. Disrespect together at the studio or on the airplane or whatever it was. And, like, that is that you can't draw that type of excitement, right? With, with normal things, with normal sports in every single way, right? Like all of a sudden, like imagine it would almost be like every NBA star is like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to play pickup basketball and I'm going to wear a GoPro and stream it the whole time. Yeah, that would, that would definitely be crazy. I think you, you're onto something right there. <laughs> you know, like it would be nuts though. Right? Like that would be yeah. a crazy, that would be a crazy thing to watch. Uh, uh, but that that's that's what the gaming industry does and that's what makes it so fun um and being able to release things like valorant or in fortnite's case all the deadpool stuff right and and we're going to talk a little bit about valorant and i want to talk about the effects of like warzone that's come out since last time we talked and all this stuff but like first off i got to pause and applaud fortnite for weeks ago and planning into this chap this season 2 of chapter 2 right and all the delays that occurred, like, we were all ready for stuff. But, dude, pretty much they've delivered pretty well. I mean, we've had seven weeks of pretty decent content, especially from the community side. And, I, and this is the discussion I want to jump into first. But overall, like, you're feeling on the Deadpool coming, coming to Fortnite and how that excites the community. All right, so my feelings, hallelujah to the easy challenges for Deadpool. I unlocked them by just staying in the home screen, clicking a couple buttons, and I was able to jump into the game and put them on. And now he's mine. So thank you, Fortnite, for making this one easy because we all know challenges stress me out. Um, <laughs> what does it mean for the game? Dude, I, Like, it's just Fortnite breaking the barrier, raising the notch a yeah. little bit. Um, and not only that, if you bought the Battle Pass, you get a Deadpool skin. Talk about value for the players. Mm. There's no other game out there that is so generous to the over uh, the overall community. And then on top of that, like there's no one that raises the bar the way Fortnite does. So right. whatever partnership they have with Marvel or like Disney or whatever it is that's going on, we love it. Um, I love it. I love that we always have something new to look forward to. And you never really know what's going to come to Fortnite. I, I would just say this, um, like. You don't, I don't know if, if I, I, I don't know if your daughter was excited, but my son has been so excited for this week, bro, for like weeks. Oh, he was and looking I, forward to it. And I thought, oh, this is just my son being him, you know, Fortnite fan likes it. I like it. This transcends to like hearing about kids walking in the neighborhood, being at the park and hearing kids talk about this. Like, 
I get a lot of times we like might think, oh, the game's a little stale. Things are happening or like it's not as exciting to me as it normally is, right? Like, oh, it's a skin. It's cool. But like at at the other realm of this, like the other side of this is how much excitement is being drawn for the casual community, which at its core, right, is the largest part of Fortnite fans. And what this does for them and continue to bring them back to the game, I think is insane because literally my son's counting down the days, his friends counting down the days. They're talking last weekend. Like, I can't wait to get on next weekend. It's going to be here. We're so excited. You have all your challenges done, right? Like making every single thing. And I, I, what I would love to do, to be honest with you is we hear a lot of this drama of like what's happening right in Fortnite and pro scene and people's opinions. But like, those are the vocal big big voices we hear all the time. But I'm telling you right now, even I was blind, I think, to how popular Fortnite still is. People getting on Twitch saying it's dead, right? I, 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 like the reality is it is so alive with the, with the more casual crowd, if you want to call it that. But these are going to be the kids that take it to the next level. So I'm almost interested, Monster, to see like, are we in a new wave in the next year or two where it's like, holy crap, Fortnite still rides this crazy high. We're on top of the world wave. So the thing is Fortnite recently, I think unleashed some or, or released some numbers. Uh, the game on a competitive level is still at peak performance with how many people are participating over the course of the weekends. Now say it as you may, maybe it's because they gave comps their own prize pool and they gave mobile their own equal prize pool, right? Yeah. There's more money up. So more people want to play it. But that doesn't take away from the fact that numbers don't lie. There's still a, a mountain of people playing the game, new downloads, and it's still growing. How are you still growing? I don't know how you grow a game for almost three years, but they're doing it. So I, I'm telling yeah. you, it's, it's because like we look at the, at the picture of like what's on YouTube, right? Like, or what's on Facebook or what's on, what's going on, on, on Twitter. But like, that is such a small vocal minority of Fortnite. Like it is just blown because the, the thing I think that's been so like awakening to me is like, I thought my son was just one kid, right? That just really liked Fortnite. And I knew Fortnite had like its peak moment. It was big and I've been to all the events and I've seen it all happen, right? But it is not dying for him or his friends. Like it is just keep, keeps getting better. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? People thought like World Cup was the peak of Fortnite competitive and just the game in general, but it's not true. Numbers today are as good as they were at World Cup, maybe in a different area because they transitioned their focus. But these are the same players, this casual player base that they're trying to capture and bring that that, that later down the line, you look back that nostalgia, you know what I mean? Ref yeah, like kind yeah. of reflection point. So if you capture these guys now, they're going to ride for a long time. It's going to be a part of their childhood. And I mean, they're doing it bigger than anyone else. So they're setting a crazy precedence for, for other people to live up to. Well, mentioned in the casual community a little bit more, um, the, some of the items, this, this, I guess, this chapter per se, right? Really, we've seen, them, we've seen them be able to separate items that are in casual, right? In pubs versus what, what going on, what's, going, what's being used in FNCS. The reality is, is like, number one, how do you feel that that's playing out because today I was watching your stream, right? And there's a couple items in there that you don't get to use, use a lot. Right. And it brought some curiosity even to you, uh, that been playing arenas hardcore basically for the past month. Right. So how do you feel that that really plays out in the game? And do you, do you think it's good? Or do you think part of the attraction maybe to Fortnite 
And its popularity was the crazy things that could happen, the boom boxes that could show up, the the you know the 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 traps that could just come out, right? The, th- the random vehicles that could just happen in a game and really affect a tournament. And we'd never necessarily see the same person winning all the time. Like, what's that part of Fortnite that we kind of miss, or is this better? So I have a popular and an unpopular take on this one. All right. The popular take, I'll start there for pleasing all of our viewers that want to stand on this side of the fence, is Epic needs to listen. They need to step it up. They need to continue to draw the line in the sand and give us that vanilla Fortnite experience at a competitive level. Because let's be honest, it took them several weeks to nerf C4 in Arena. When people were able to find 6 C4, dump it on a player, blow them up and instant kill them without any response from that defending team, that was not fun. And they finally changed it so that in Arena, you can only pick up one, you can only stack one. That's it for C4. Was that so hard to do to make people in comp happy? I don't think so, right? It doesn't really take away from the experience. So I would love for them to just listen, take snipers out, do the things that the comp community uh, community wants so that the game is competitive for the very small competitive uh, nerds out there like myself that want to kind of grind that. Now on the other end, you can't lie, we still talk about the sword being one of the most ridiculous yet you know crazy uh spectacles that we watched on a large kind of grand stage right and and watching the boombo kind of unleash havoc on the scene and, and the mechs and all this stuff i love that too i do love the chaos that can unfold in competitive settings because it is downright entertainment so like you know they just got to give us the wwe but come on at the same time like let, let's get down to the ufc right let's make it like, well, like how, this, do you this find, is, but, how do you balance the WWE shenanigans and the UFC? But you this know, is this is the thing, though. Like, I mean, that's that's the struggle here that I keep going to in my mind when I'm thinking about like Fortnite competitive in the early days and how fun it was and good it was. And yes, there was crazy things that happened and things that didn't make players happy, but like the majority of it was like fun and talking points, and it brought it to the top and like. I almost feel like if you give this vanilla experience, you're not giving what real Fortnite experience is, right? Like when you start trying to make but it But I think this, you can. I think you can. Like look at the crash want, pad. Do, like I know I know we feel like we want this very serious, taken, competitive Fortnite esport. But as I step back and I look at like Valorant and, and how competitive and like hardcore is going to be and Warzone and like literally how hard that game can be, especially in a solo universe, right? Like all these things and and more players, right? Are on that map, like all these different attributes. I I think to myself, what is it that makes Fortnite competitive so different besides obviously, you know, the game and it, it build, but like, I think those things made it fun. I think those things are what made new fans watch and see what the crap a new items out. I have to tune in, right? I can't wait to tune in because Epic just launched freaking boom boxes at WSOE, right? Like that one was, it's those, those moments that all of a sudden here we are winter Royale. What a sword happened. I see it blowing up on Twitter. I got to see and get in there and see what's happening with this sword, right? Like those moments seem like to me, they defined what Fortnite competitive was. And I feel like almost if you do that vanilla, you take those away. Well, that's the thing. They have been turning on and off the switch this last season. I feel like they're also indecisive. Look at when we stepped into the new chapter. We had the raw game. Everyone yeah. was loving it on a serious kind of level. And then they let it ride out for too long. And that was the problem with that. Put that behind us. We come into chapter two, season two. Now they step it up. They bring in a whole new wave of content, which we were all loving. 
but then they ruin it by introducing things that we already know do not work. The C4, the heavy sniper, these, these items that are busted, and then they don't adjust them accordingly. I'm not saying we can't have the fun and the crazy, but it's where the balance comes in. Like what? Like they don't want to level sometimes, which is that's where the frustration happens. That's where the vocal, you know, Twitter lords come out and they, they start going crazy to the following. Right. Right. No, I mean, I completely agree. And then and that's when, you know, you, you start getting these toxic messages on Twitter and Reddit and everywhere else. And people start getting crazy. I mean, for instance, I just want to pull up a couple of tweets here. We got, we got, uh, uh, Liquid Symbolic, who's from uh, Liquid, obviously, uh, in Bala. And they both had tweets that came out. Uh, Corey, the Liquid, said, um, he said, When I first got involved with Fortnite, I was so blown away and impressed by the community because of how much the players supported each other and built each other up. It feels like, as of late, there's so, there's so much hate, toxi- toxicity, and drama. Bala said, This is the worst season for bait, drama, and toxicity. The community has gone full troll, and I don't know if we can come back from this level of ridiculousness. Won't ever be taken serious going forward if we don't. Starting to feel like an idiot for ever believing in the potential. Like, these are pretty serious quotes from people that are pretty well known in the community. Basically saying like, hey, all you players we talk to and deal with all the time, all you do is cry and complain and hate on each other. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, to touch on Corey's point, when all these players were up and coming, it was different. You really think about how Fortnite treated the scene. It was sort of on an elite invite only system. But once the open door policy happened and all these other new players was able to step in and the age threshold was lowered, yeah. the community changed with it. Now you have these new pros like Unknown Army or let's say uh, TSM Kanata, these players that are young, they are building this following for being some of the best at the game, players like Wolfies from EU, and they're going crazy. They're, yeah. they're now leading the pack because money is power, and they're winning all the money in the tournament because they're the best players, and yeah. now they have all the power. So, hey, what, can you blame them? Can you blame 15-year-old for doing something crazy and, and being a drama queen? Is that on Epic's back, though, you think? Like to for allow- allowing the threshold. Yeah. I mean, they're changing lives. Like, is there, there's more good in this than there is negative, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess you, you have to weigh the business decision too, right? Like in a way, I, I don't know. I, I I'm with you because when you just by default, when you involve a lower crowd or give a, a, a younger person, especially I would say under the age of like 16, 18 years old, this voice it's their first time to ever really have this big voice, right? So, like, you can't hate them on it completely because they're trying to learn how they work in this environment. Like, how do I how do I deal with 100,000 followers, right? Like, none of us are prepared for that, right? And, and, and what your voice can necessarily mean. Uh, by the, you know, by the blink of an eye, you wake up and all of a sudden here you are, you know, 50,000 more followers, 50,000 more uh, subs, whatever it is. Um, but at some point, like, I think that's also why you see games... And a lot of industries uh, go back and cut it. I mean, this happened significantly two years ago in Call of Duty. There was people playing in the scene that were 16, 17 years old. And all of a sudden it came out that they're all you can only play when you're 18. So like all these pros lost their jobs. They just went down. And the reality is, is like that scene is at the pro level is pretty healthy. 
Um, the toxicity is pretty low, right? But they do have a franchise. They have all this stuff and structure in place that Fortnite doesn't have. I mean, think about it. If more pros like Myth, Vivid, Nate Hill, let's say Nick Merckx were thriving on the scene right now, they are positive stand-up, yep. older community figures. It's just Absolutely. so much different. The type of aura, the type of vibe that they feed into their uh, their chat and the message that they push forward is so different than some of these other guys who have not a clue in the world of, of building brand or not a care in the world of what their brand kind of stands alongside. And, you know, that comes with a number of problems too. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, but does that lead us to this road where are we finally getting to the point where we're seeing the split, where we're going to see big games, big titles come out and they take away players more and more from Fortnite. Uh, they take away these big names like Nick Merckx, Tim the Tapman, more and more away from Fortnite and essentially leaving us with a very young, toxic community, maybe like, is that, is that, are we there? I don't know. So here's, here's the way I see that. I think when games like Warzone, Valorant, these big titles and these good titles, because dude, Warzone, great game, cheaters aside, Valorant going to be a great game because it's going to fill a void for players that have been looking for what Valorant's going to offer from a AAA title at a competitive core. Um, these are things that the scene needs. If it takes away from players on the Fortnite scene, these big Fortnite uh, profiles, yeah. I don't think it's going to hurt the game in the long run because Fortnite is so large, someone new is going to step up and fill the void. I think people underestimate the fact that, hey, you're expendable in Fortnite. The same way they're expending this money is that that's kind of what your position is like in Fortnite. You are literally expendable. Someone's going to step up to the plate. Someone is just as eager, hungry, and talented as you. And they, they are going to fill that space. That's how I see it. So yeah. my take on it is that that's one of the reasons why I don't even want to step away from Fortnite because like, yeah, it's all crazy. It's filled with, you know, you never know what's around the corner, but at the end of the day, there's so much room here for growth. And I think the timeline for this game is still there. I still think there's a lot of years in front of this game. Well, I do you think PC players are more likely to move on than console players. Ooh, that's a tough one. I think it doesn't really matter because the gaming community loves to follow the trend. It, it's, it's just the way the internet works. You're going to follow the hip stuff. That's yeah. why half of the world is dancing on TikTok. You know what I mean? People don't want to make, you know, like here's, here's an example. I don't go on TikTok to make TikTok content. I go on TikTok and I make monster content. I'm going to make what I want because I'm my own me. But some other people, now they're going to go on there and they're going to be what they, you know, they're going to follow what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And that's the same thing for games. You're not going to play what you want to play. Most of these guys play what everyone else is playing. And that's how they're influenced. I think why this is so, so different, so interesting to me uh, is because I, I will stand up and say, first off, like I think PC gaming was having a pretty rough time before Fortnite. Like there were some great games or some things coming out. You saw a little bump like in sales, especially if you go back and look at it. But like when Fortnite came on the scene and people even that play with controllers started buying PCs to play with controllers and then making the yep. switch to mouse and keyboard after that. I can't, I mean, look at power GPU. Look at that company yeah. alone. Okay. He, he came built in the, his career. Amazing dude. Amazing company. Shout out to him. If you need a computer power, GPU.com. Amazing dude. Um, but like he basically built around Fortnite, right? He helped a couple of content creators. Got to go. And then all of a sudden this dude is building computers with a staff 
buys a new house, buys a new place, be able to do more and more computers. He's getting better and better and better. Like they're just growing like crazy because of the Fortnite scene. Like hands down. I mean, you go look at the numbers, go look at how his growth went, go through his tweets for the past two years. The Fortnite scene did this and in multiple areas in NXT or whatever it is, right? That big brand that Ninja's a part of, right? That yeah. like that look look how crazy that got. Like look how big they all of a sudden are. Like everything and, and then, I was gonna say it goes down the line, down to the peripherals. Tifu plays with one ducky keyboard on stream. Yeah. It looks kind of cool. It's small. He's like, I like it. Suddenly, ducky keyboard, number one keyboard seller in the world, backed up, don't know how to handle the the shipments, right? Yeah. Final mouse. Final mouse says, Hey, we make a lightweight mouse. One pro endorses it. Like, yeah. it, dude, Fortnite gave mega platforms to influencers and it's crazy. Like, oh, now the PC world up. has to thank them. Like, that's my point have, to this is like they literally wrote like what is it? The the tides rise with the with the ship or whatever. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. they raised all the ships ship to the sea level. The all right. They brought up the sea level like crazy. Yeah, yeah no, I mean absolutely. And 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 the thing is like here I am. I'll just take this. I've been a console player my whole life. In fact, through Fortnite, I've stayed a console player the whole time, basically. True. The, the difference, though, is now I'm seeing games like Valent come out. I'm like, you know what? I can't play Fortnite with my controller. So like, if I wanted to just stay on Fortnite with controller and then play Valent with my PC, I should, I'm going to hit a Power GPU, dude. I'm like literally texting him. Hey, I, I know I need time for me to finally buy one from you. <laughs> like, This is where I'm at because like... I, but this is only because I watched this, this birth and this growth of PC gaming and this fun. I think it's like a whole nother world, right? Like all the lights and all the designs and the cool things you can do with your PC. And like, it's rejuvenized what PC and, and people that love their PCs do. Right. And, and I think you have to applaud them because I don't think some of these games would have the power they're going to have coming out, especially on the PC platform without Fortnite. No, Fortnite has done so much for the community. Uh, not only breaking the barriers between Xbox and PlayStation and all the other crazy accolades, but they have literally created uh, the, the gaming space to be mainstream around the world. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, talk about impacts. Definitely Fortnite competitive has done its impacts, right? Like, I'm sure Buka would tell you it's impacted his life quite a bit. Right, like yep. I don't think there's anybody in the scene that you could say that has an impact on their lives somewhat. But where are we going, man? Also, what what is gonna happen to Fortnite competitive? Like, what do you what what do you really see in 2021? We don't we don't have a Fortnite World Cup for 2020 announced, right? I doubt we're probably gonna get one. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe you can't talk about it. But the reality is, like, here we are. I've been calling on Nate since he showed up here to like. Turn this ship around. I, I was confident he saw what worked and what didn't work at Overwatch. And now I'm questioning that every day. Like, does he just know that it, franchising and all that sucked so bad he wants to stay away from teams and orgs and not really any big structure and keep this online thing forever? Like, what, what do you think we are going to and what do we need to go to from your opinion? Dude, I don't know. Like at the World Cup, when I got to sit down, talk with Nate, it was scary having someone new and powerful step into the space, especially when it affects my ecosystem so much. Being yeah. a caster for the game, I'm like, dude, I hope Nate likes me. I hope he calls me back, right? Um, because like that, he had all the power. He told us then, hey, we're going to launch the FNCS. We're going to, you know, crown season champions. So I knew all that was going to happen. And when yeah. I started seeing it go into motion, my hopes were so high. 
I'm like, oh, snap, that wasn't a bluff. We literally have the FNCS happening and we crowned the champion and we crowned a, a trios champs, right? And we started doing all this. Now we're in the duo season. The duo season came late. It was a big question of where we even going to be able to see it because the game itself wasn't ready. And I think there's so many moving parts around Fortnite, like the chaos engine that was introduced. That's why there was a halt on, hey, the replay mode's not ready. Things aren't, you know, stable. Mm. Like, does Fortnite need to go offline again? Like they did for the little break mm. with the FNCS and work on the comp scene before they bring it back. So now, it during be a COVID, they do that during COVID is over. Ain't nobody. No, maybe ever, not now, right? People Consumptions lose that it. They stuck high. at home and they can't play Fortnite, bro. Woo. I'm not saying turn it off. I mean, again, like taking another step back and if giving it happens, a break. It's monster's fault. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an advocate for, hey, I would rather not have anything and like yeah. let them go in overdrive to deliver the best experience possible. Like take two steps backward to get, you know, many steps forwards down the line. Um, I'm all for that approach. I really am. I just don't know if Epic wants to do that. I, I'm, I'm interested to see like soon, right? We're getting all these other game announcements. Like we're getting really close to E3. Or so, put, so many games, so sorry, many games announced their competitive e roadmap. Yeah, think, of, like, think about all the roadmaps that are out there, right? We don't know. That, that's another problem that's frustrating for competitive players. And they message us all the time. We know a tournament's coming out like days in advance, a week in advance. Yeah. Why can't we know like a time frame? Like, hey, are we going to have one in three months? And then the next one's going to come in five months? And like, what, what is our timeline? We don't have a timeline to live by. It's hard for casters and content creators. It's even tougher for players who, if you want a break, and so if you, you planned a vacation that weekend, sorry, we're throwing the biggest tournament of the year that weekend. We didn't yeah. tell you, yeah. you know? So it gets kind of hard for them. No, I, I, I can't imagine, right, like uh, that schedule, especially when some of these guys, they were living on, hey, like I have one more opportunity. I got one more chance. I got to make a decision here. You know, I got to go to college. I got to do this. I got to prove to my parents I can play. I got to, whatever it is, I got to pay my bills, right? And you don't even know, hey, wait a second. We don't have any communication. We don't know what's happening. It's really hard to ask players to commit themselves to you when you don't provide that, right? Uh, and I think that's the biggest struggle there is like people want to commit themselves and say, I have, I can work towards these opportunities to make money. I see these opportunities that are ahead of me that I can practice for and challenge myself to be better at. But the problem is they don't have those. They don't know when they're going to be there. So when you see something like Warzone come out, or Valorant come out and you see instantaneously tournament after tournament already being announced. Sure. I can understand why you'd be like, okay, I'm quitting. I got to go find money. Right? Like, especially if your goal is to be a professional gamer, they don't have much choices. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, so what, what I want to see from Epic again, is that transparency. Let's hope that they step up to the plate. They give us a, a roadmap. So the comp players can be at ease. At least they know what's coming. If you're not going to change things in the game that the comp players want, and you know we're going to be WWE, hey, at least let us know when when the weekend shows are. Right? Yeah, this is true. It's true. And and by the way, I'm totally happy if it's a WWE. But let's check yeah, in. He's cool. He's cool with the let's WWE. Go, let's go to tips and tricks, man. Yeah. Let's just get it. Do we have tips? Of course. And do we have tricks? Oh yes, we do. So yeah, up. I'm ready. I'm ready for all the shenanigans, especially the tips and tricks. And I got to get it from you here. Advice to adjusting to new players or learning with a new teammate. 
Uh, this is you, a tough one. You know, you, you, I watched you today jump in duos with different people all the time. I, I can tell you how you play. You play different depending on what your player's doing uh, or your teammates doing. So talk to me a little about some of the advice that you might give in that. Yeah, I think, I think it's important to figure out the roles of the players. Uh, I'm a very defensive, passive player. I like to be the IGL, take the lead, and really give the comms and have someone kind of back me up or that way I can back them up in battle. I think the best way to, for, for new players getting together, finding a new teammate if you're trying to step into comp or something like that, to find your roles, who's going to tarp, who's a stronger builder, who's better at jumping in boxes. Is your controller, uh, is your duo a controller duo, right? Are you guys a hybrid team and all that good stuff? It's something that the comp players are doing real uh, good at right now is singling out teammates that are on controller so that they can be on uh, the, P- the PC, right? And do the better building. So it's, it's about building to your weaknesses and find a teammate that can back you up in those, uh, those weaknesses so you can be stronger in the long run. Yeah, teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. I, I just, it was crazy because I was noticing today, uh, if you have a really aggressive player, you seem to have to, uh, you know, you seem to follow them and help them a lot. And then whenever you had a more passive player, you were in the lead role. Uh, so yeah. it's was, it was really different uh, watching and, and watching how you adjusted to it. And I thought, hey, you know what? I think that's a, a thing that, maybe a lot of people don't pay attention to, right? You just jump in, you cue another one, you you try to get that other duo or find somebody else to play with, and you're just like, hey, it doesn't work right with this person, it doesn't work right with some of these people. And I think it really paying attention to how you play uh, and identifying your your strong suit like you do, Monster, all the time, talking about how you're more of a defensive player uh, and taking that idea into each role you step in, no matter who you're playing with. Yeah, it's definitely about knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and playing to them. And if you can fill that void, you have to fill that void if you want to do it to work. Uh, like you mentioned when I was playing today, I'm not one to jump in boxes, but my teammate wasn't going to do it. I told him, hey, rocket me in this box. I got this. You know what I mean? And, and those are the places where you fill those voids. Hey, by the way, you never answered my question on that. You, you said that's a little broken when, when you were chatting. You're like, oh, that feels a little broken. Oh, it's busted. How are you going to so, defend against it? But, but let me ask you this. In this game, talking about the craziness of Fortnite, right? How, how is that not just considered a, for, for people like me, right? That don't play in a comp scene all the time or whatever. And you hear people say, oh, it's busted, it's broken, it's whatever. Why isn't it just a good play? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm, at, I'm on the fence with this one. I'm the, I'm the guy that's like, hey, phasing is in Fortnite. You got to accept it, right? That guy's getting in your box. It's yeah. a strategy at this point. Yeah. Um, the more you know, the better you can be to be well-equipped and be defensive against it. So, hey, I, I am on the side of what you're saying. It's broken. Don't mean that, you know, you shouldn't know about it. So. Yeah, it's a good play, bro. Be ready just, just for get it, good. right? Like, get good, son. Just like anything, you got to, you know, don't put yourself in that position, bro. That's all I'm That's saying. True. Hold the high ground, <laughs> then, you know, whatever, like... You got, you, you got to. So that, that was my take on it. But I, that's just how I feel about it. You know, that's how I feel about it. But as always, man, it has been good to catch up. It's been great to catch up. Thank you to your stream. Thank you to everybody, uh, all our listeners, for, for waiting around, for putting up with us. Uh, we're going to get this thing back on track. We're going to keep those weekly shows coming to you. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Man, Monster, it's been good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for catching up for everything you do uh i can't wait to see what the rest of uh, you know all the all the fun fcs stuff fncs stuff you guys get to do and be a part of the practice server you know make sure you guys are checking out the practice server if you're not if you play competitive at all you want to get involved go check all that it's awesome stuff they do a great job over there make sure you're following the practice server on twitter monster where can they find you throughout the week what else do you have to say to these people 
Yeah, as always, guys, at Monster DeFace on YouTube, I've been going in overdrive with the YouTube videos because consumption's at an all-time high. And a lot of you guys at home, I know you guys have been hungry for the content. Also, thank you to all the downloads on a previous episode. It's clear you guys were, you know, hunting for the content. So like we said, man, we're still pumping it out. Find me at Monster DeFace on all the social medias. We'll keep it coming. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. Myself, Too Loud TX, the number two L O U D TX, Monster D Face, just like it sounds, M O N S T E R, letter D F A C E. And until next time, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Yeah.